Welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of worldly expectations. We're here to help you find your unique journey to a healthy, fulfilled life. Hello, welcome back to Living Box Free. I'm Ashleen Seitz. And I'm Becky Ford. And we are in the middle of a series on respect. Woo! And there it is. ECT. Did you forget how to spell for a second there? I didn't think about it. Yes. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So we are talking today about a fascinating concept, which is respecting authority. We have a quote here. From George Bancroft. I don't know who George is, but he's got a good quote. (laughs) And it says, where people possess no authority, their rights obtain no respect. Deep. Deep. Mic drop. Yep. Authority and respect in one quote. Thank you, George. And that's what we got. So we're moving on. No, I'm just just kidding. We're going to talk about respect. But before we do that, Becky, what is on the rise for you this week? I... Uh, have been coaching our new on-ramp class at the gym and we do a question of the day Uh and the question the other day is what is your one goal that you want to achieve before this year is over yeah and mine was I need I need to print family photos Mm. and I need to refresh our house look and so that's what's on the rise for me remodeling adding in some new family photos because most of our pictures redecorating you know, redecorating, remodeling. <laughs> I can knock down a wall and put a mural if I want. <laughs> yeah, you can. Feel <laughs> free. Redecorating. Okay. Potential I just, I just remodel. Was clarifying. I wasn't yes. making fun of you. I just demo. Let's do some demo work. I, mean, I need to take a sledgehammer to a wall. <laughs> Please. We talked about respecting emotions. This sounds like a great way to <laughs> express some emotions. But that yes. So redecorating. Okay. Potential to remodel now. Okay. Cool. There's visions. Yeah. Yes. But yes, I'm very proud that. I have printed new family pictures. Yeah, and they're really great. Thank you. I still have some to hang. Your family is very good looking. Congratulations. Thank you. you. I like the little one the most. Yeah. Yes. Even with the snotty face, I'm like, you're still cute. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. How can you have so much snot on your face and (laughs) slobber? I wish I was that cute when I had so much snot on my face. I know. I know. sick lately. It's it's not cute. Not cute. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, do you think I'm pretty, Becky? (laughs) (laughs) She's doing great right now, guys, just so you know. I am. No snot on my no face No snot whatsoever. on the mic. <laughs> All right. What's on the rise for you besides snot? Um, well, Thanksgiving's coming up, making preparations, and I've been talking to Tristan about our Thanksgiving theme song. <gasps> what? Because you have a theme song and recently, I haven't been involved? <laughs> recently, Carrie Underwood released a new song. It's for charity, so it's like downloads go to the food pantry in Nashville, but it's called stretchy pants. And if you listen to it, you will never get it out of your head. I can't wait. So I sent it to Tristan and then Tristan sent back uh, Matthew West's gobble gobble, which is also very funny anyway. So we're, we, I don't know if we're going to have like a vote for which one should be our theme song for Thanksgiving, or if we're just going to have like two theme songs for Thanksgiving. I don't know. I'm sensing a playlist. A playlist. Yes. That sounds great with like five really ridiculous. Adam Adam Sandler's turkey song. Oh, there we go. That's an old school one. Thanksgiving theme songs. That's Yay. what's on the rise for me. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll put it on Spotify so you can go search yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> search for our playlist. <laughs> well, well, it'll either be stretchy pants or what was the other one? Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Yep. Do you one or the other? Yep. 
Well, we are going to continue talking about respect and today specifically respecting authority. Some of you, when you hear that, you might cringe and think, ah, stick it to the man or, (laughs) oh, no one tells me what to do. But we're going to actually talk about what are some of the benefits to respecting authority, uh, the, the culture around that, the human psychology around that, and, and the benefits. Here's what we're going to tackle. One, we're going to talk about how do we define authority. So there's a couple different types of authority, so we'll jump into that. Second, benefits to respecting authority. So any of you who are like, ah, I don't like to be told what to do. We're going to talk about why are there benefits. Mm-hmm. And then finally, what does respecting authority look like? Yeah. What actions can we take? Let's do it. Let's do it. So definitions of authority. When searching about authority, most most of the time people think, and there's lots of studies and surveys out there, and a lot of times they will study authority as it relates to police officers, the law. And when searching authority, Max Weber, uh, he actually, he's a professor at Jothi Nevis College. Okay. And he came up with three types of defining authority. First type is traditional authority. And this looks like the authority that's accepted because it's been traditionally accepted for a long time. Mm, So, for example, the Queen of England. Yeah. Uh, And when you think about Queen Elizabeth, for for instance, um, she has that position. She's inherited it based on the tradition um, and rules of secession in that monarchy. Mm -hmm. So that's that traditional authority. One of the things that pops in my mind here too is parents. Yep. That tr- and I always remember my parents reciting respect thy mother and father <laughs> yes. all the time. Yep. And I have a feeling that's been used for quite some time. And so when you think about that traditional respect, there's some authority that falls into mm-hmm. that category. Which they tend to overlook the verses then that say, you know, f- fathers don't exasperate your children. Oh, they, never, they never said that. They never that. referenced that. No. What's up with that? Come on. <laughs> Ash is that smart, smart homeschool kid who'd come <laughs> back and they'd be like, all right, <laughs> just do what I say. <laughs> uh, the second category here is charismatic authority. And I thought this was interesting. Um, th- these are followers who accept the power of a charismatic authority figure because they are drawn to the leader's personal qualities. Mm. And oftentimes these leaders, they inspire followers during times of crisis, um, uncertainty. So an example of a charismatic authority, we'll give two. One is bad and one's good, Mm -hmm. Hitler. Yep. So Hitler is an example, but then also think about Martin Luther King. Yeah. So we have a couple examples there, charismatic authority. They build their followers by their inspiring um, nature. The third type here, and probably what most of us think about, is rational legal authority. Okay. So that's authority, um, power made legitimate by laws, written rules, and regulations. Um, I think about my workplace we we sell pharmaceuticals and there are so many laws and written rules and SOPs that we have to follow. So that's that rational legal um, that also oftentimes we think about like your boss, your supervisor. Mm, yeah. um, this person rationally is the person I report to and they're going to tell me, you know, this is how I need to operate. Here's my targets, that type of stuff. Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know that I had thought about charismatic authority as being separate from the other two, but that mm-hmm. does make sense. And I think 
Um, you know how people talk about how millennials have killed so many things, like millennials killed napkins. Yes, that's the yeah. first thing that popped in my head. <laughs> Paper towels, baby. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think one of the things that we kind of have killed is that charismatic leader in, in some ways, not in others. So I'm thinking about, um, I, we talk about in the church world, how the, the charismatic Christian, like the power leader is no more. I mean, that's not really something that millennials and Gen Z are interested in is having this one person who's leading a whole group of people because of their personality. Yeah. And, but there are exceptions to that, but it's generally people that people who are very, uh, open and Mm -hmm. very not authoritative. So they might be strong and confident, but they're not necessarily traditional figures of authority. Mm -hmm. So I think of, um, AOC, the Senator from New York, uh, Ocasio-Cortez. Why am I blanking on her first name? I don't know. It starts with an A. But anyway, she is a very beloved charismatic authority because she does things like she Instagram lives while she's putting Ikea furniture together and drinking wine in her living room. And she's a senator. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's that chari- that lower level of charismatic authority. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. It's one of the, I feel like it's one of the things that we've killed. And I even think about, um, sorry, this launched me on a, th- a whole thought process here. I think about when you brought up Queen Elizabeth, yeah. I was thinking then about her children and the whole Oprah um, interview of Prince Harry and Meghan mm-hmm. about, you know, the royal family. And they kind of, in some ways, debunked that traditional authority. So it's interesting yeah. that that is something that seems to be changing or at least shifting, mm-hmm. if not going away. You made, you made me think of multiple things yeah. as you're talking. Like one, I thought about the Pope. As oh, you're yeah. from, uh-huh. from that traditional uh, yep. standpoint of authority. But then as you t- were talking about charismatic authority, it made me think, when I think about charismatic leaders, I feel like today there's a lot of those and there's, we call them social influencers. Yep. And it's influencers on social media who have potentially no education in a certain subject. Right. Uh, but all of a sudden they just, they create a movement yeah. and they are seen as authority because of the number of followers they have yeah. on social media versus necessarily their education or maybe even background in a certain subject. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. Anyway. So interesting. That was a little bit of a side tangent <laughs> on types of authority, but that helps give you examples though, yeah. as we talk about authority. And I know we gave a, a bad, ex- a bad piece of authority, right? We talked about Hitler mm-hmm. and, and I think that's important to mention because there are, there's always exceptions we're going to talk about the benefits of respecting authority. However, don't have blinders on, right? right? Like we need to ask ourselves, is this authority figure adhering to those virtues or, or values? And if it's drastically against our virtues or values, we're not telling you to do everything they say. Right. And it's not necessarily, we're, we're going to talk about culture and we're going to talk mm-hmm. about different, well, I don't know if we're going to talk about different people groups, but like different populations have different views of authority and it makes yeah. a difference. Yeah. And how they're treated. So, yep. I will never forget. I did a workshop and we had some Virgin Islands students there. This is a while back. And we talked about being a leader. And I asked, Do you have to have a title to be a leader? And they said, Absolutely. Yeah. And they said, You have to have a title for people to do what you say. 
and in their culture, side note, we're just like rabbit trails, (laughs) but in their culture, they're like, oh yeah, like you have to be a police officer or, you know, have, have this authority figure for people to follow you. And that was just their perspective based on their culture versus in America. We're like, and most, most places we teach, you don't have to have a title to be a leader. Right. Yeah. YouTube Um, star. (laughs) YouTube star. (laughs) You too could be a YouTube star. You could be a charismatic authority figure. (laughs) Okay, let's jump into benefits to respecting authority. When we look at respecting authority, uh, we can see the benefits from creating social norms, um, specifically through law, and those social norms or laws assuring mutual safety and security for people individually, but holistically as well. Um, So if you think about if none of us respected authority, very basic level, let's say um, speed limits, if we did not respect that, and I get it, we go, what, 5, 10 over if you're on 465, probably 15. 15? Yeah. <laughs> but that is also a, a norm, yeah. right? We're like, okay, right. this is how much we can go without getting pulled over. Yes. Um, but if we don't accept those, if, if people were going, honestly, if people are going 10 miles an hour on 465, that mm-hmm. would be dangerous. Yeah. That'd probably be more dangerous than someone going 80. Yes. Yes. So respecting authority it helps create a sense of safety um, as a, a community and as a culture. So that's one major, major benefit there, um, that collective security. Something else, and Ash mentioned this, I think it's a great point. When you respect, you get respect. Mm-hmm. And that's with authority, and that's pretty much with anyone. Yeah. Right? And I've heard plenty of people say, man, they don't. that person doesn't respect me. Why would I respect them? And so if we want authority to respect us and us be heard and our opinions be heard, we need to make sure we're respecting authority as well. I would say that's mostly on a one-on-one basis. So like collectively respecting, like collectively respecting authority doesn't necessarily get us respect in return. But on mm. in a one-on-one basis, if I'm respecting my boss, they will in turn are much more likely to respect me than if I do not respect my boss. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's, I'm not talking necessarily on a like collective social scale there, mm-hmm. but in a yeah personal relational sense. Yeah. Uh, some social psychology has done some studies and found that respect for authority is a universal instinct trait in humans. So in general, most humans, not all, but most humans, it's an instinct to want to respect authority. And, and for some of us, we want there to be an authority figure because it takes the responsibility off of us yeah. to make the tough decisions. I think it's also interesting that some of us personality wise are more prone to respect authority than others. And some of us are more prone to not respect authority than others. I just mm-hmm. think that's an interesting, like it's built into who we are as people yep. that it can vary. So that's a fascinating topic too. Yes. Uh, my sister, this is so funny. My my mom and dad are like getting rid of a bunch of stuff at the house and they shipped my sister this box. And in that box, there was a letter that she had written to my mom and dad. Uh-huh. And in that letter, it said how they loved Becky more than her, that they always took my side, um, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. They were such mean parents. Yeah. Um, there's another letter too about her running away and it was, she was taking me, but not my little brother, Ronnie. She was leaving him. <laughs> that seems right. Yeah. But, it, but in this, uh, 
in this letter, her tendency as, and we've talked about it now as adults, her tendency was oftentimes if my mom or dad said, I want you to do this was to, to be a rebel or to not do it. Whereas my tendency from a young age has been please authority. I want to please you. I get joy out of knowing that I made you happy. Whereas if they're like, Hey, don't cut your hair. She'd be like, I'm chopping my hair off. (laughs) It's gone. (laughs) It's gone. Don't. And, and it's so interesting. Like it's innately a part of our personalities. And that's one of the reasons I think this letter made me think of her and how she's like, you always take Becky's side and just this rebellious side. And it's like, well, they usually took my side because I didn't have, I just agreed with yeah. whatever they wanted. I just did it. Yeah, <laughs> just exactly. did it. Uh, <laughs> that makes me think of that 90s uh, Faith, Faith Hill country song, Wild One. Do you remember that oh, one? Oh, yes. Yeah. They said, don't see him. She said, his name is Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, if you guys, if 90s country, if Ash and I were to have like a genre we both love together. Yes. And yes, I've been listening to that a lot since our Sunday fun day that's our, workout. That's our crossover genre. Yes, it I. is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will forever. And I, I'm like, how do I remember all these words? It's been so long. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> okay. So simple. If I had to say, what is the headline? Why should we respect authority? It gives us societal norms and laws to follow for our safety, our security, um, and, and really to protect us. And it, it benefits that society as a whole to have some type of boundaries set um, for, for those values that are important to us. And I think we can talk too about roles Mm -hmm. and how roles come with certain levels of authority and how that's like if in a democracy, there still is a decision maker at the top. Mm -hmm. And so even though we all give our vote, we all give our thoughts, someone has to, at the end of the day, make a decision. And so we can decide who it is that's going to make a decision but we have to give that person the authority to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how groups work. I mean, it's usually someone has to make a choice. Like yep. you can't, someone has to decide at least what you're voting on. Yes. <laughs> you know? And so respecting that helps us move forward. It helps keep our processes moving forward. Um, whether you're in a, a group going out to dinner on Friday night or whether you're voting for who is president. Yeah, that's a really good example. And I think, yeah, the the government structure of the the country, the region you're in, but then also even just the organization, you know, you, we have to have, you know, I I'm on a team and most of my team members are not in the U S and their work might look different. And if I had everything my way, uh, we might do things that are difficult for them in Latin America or in Asia. And so having someone who can say, okay, here's the pros and cons collectively. If we make this decision, we have a global team. This is what we have to go with. Not everyone's going to like it. Yep. That That is what we need to move forward. It's their role to see the big picture and yeah. respecting that helps to move everything forward. Yep. So that's another good benefit. We can innovate and evolve. Yes. 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 Let's talk about respecting authority. What does it look like? And I, I know I already mentioned there's exceptions, right? Like there can, there can be bad authority where you might need to find a different authority figure or leader to help you get out of that situation yep. or corrupt systems, which we yes. need to collectively change. Yes. Uh, I, I pulled this. Ash already knew about this, but I didn't know about it. I'm, I'm sure it existed, but I didn't know what it was called. Um, there's an actual disorder, a defiant disorder, oppositional defiant disorder. Odd. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, and it, it is a childhood disorder 
um, or often starts in childhood, characterized by negative, defiant, disobedient, and often hostile behavior towards adults and authority figures primarily. So it's possible that your sister had yes oppositional defiant disorder. Yes. And so there, there is, if you are one of those people that you just cringe when you think about respecting authority, who knows? Yeah. That could be just ingrained in you. Yeah. This, and I mean, disorder sounds, makes it sound like there's something wrong with you, but like, we all have stuff. Yes. Uh, so this might be something, this might be one reason if you think I've always struggled with this, maybe that's why. Yeah. In general though, how can we respect authority? First one is being aware. And we've got a couple elements here. We're going to break down around awareness. Um, most basic, being aware of the rules, um, the laws, the expectations. If you aren't aware of that, you obviously can't adhere to it. And by not adhering to it, you're not going to respect it. Uh, so I, Ash, from a cultural perspective, I would love for you to break down power distance. For oh, goodness. Listeners. Yeah. I mean, I'm not by any means an expert on this, but I've taken some, some uh, seminars and workshops and stuff. And one of the things in power di- or in different cultures, there can be a variation of power difference. Dif- Distance, power, distance. Could I say difference? I don't know what, I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, Who knows? (laughs) Power, distance. And basically it means how far you feel from the position of authority. And so if um, two people, if I, you and I are both working for the same person, you might feel less power distance between you and them than I do. So you would feel more comfortable going to them and saying, hey, I have an idea how how we could do something. Or if they tell you to do something and you feel like it's obviously incorrect, you might feel comfortable saying, "Uh, I don't know that I should do this. Whereas I might feel like I just have to do what they say, whether it's right or wrong or whether it's going to work or not. And it doesn't mean I don't know that have the same ideas that you have. I just might have that culturally ingrained sense of power distance. Like I am not allowed Mm -hmm. to disagree or to suggest things until I have that title. So that's something to keep in mind uh, as you're working with people from different cultures or people from different, even family backgrounds that can be different. Mm -hmm. Um, There are people who grew up like you will respect your elders and you will not speak until spoken to. And then there are people who just, like the kids rule the house. <laughs> like yeah. it's just, it's so it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And um, especially when you're in a relationship with someone or in a co-working relationship or in a, if you're leading them or they're leading you understanding what the power distance and expectations are. Mm-hmm. I, and I feel like for authority figures in a really great culture, they want to know what you think They and they want to know, is there, is this, are we going to like have a total train wreck and you feeling that power distance can actually hurt that organization as a whole. So I think that's important to recognize and potentially, you know, have a conversation with your manager or whoever to understand, okay, what does respect look like? Like, I don't want to disrespect you by sometimes coming back with why I don't think this is a good idea. And, or is that what you want? So I think having that conversation can help. And that can definitely be generational too. Like Mm -hmm. you feel that way probably because you are a millennial and because of the way that you were raised, but there are older people or maybe even younger people who feel differently. Like it's not as helpful and we need to try the authorities way and then they need to ask for suggestions. And once they ask for suggestions, then you can, you know, so it's Mm -hmm. just different. Um, I kind of found out the hard way that there are different expectations. I tend to feel like 
if I'm doing a job, if you want me to do more or or be promoted, like if I'm doing my job well, mm-hmm. then it's my authority's responsibility to see me doing my job well and offer me more mm. or to um, promote me or to push me through a leadership process or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, that just for whatever reason, I don't know where that comes from in me, but that's what's ingrained. And so when I've worked for Starbucks in Massachusetts and here in Indiana and in Massachusetts, that that happened. My I did a really great job. I was passionate about it. I cared about it. And so I was promoted very quickly mm-hmm. because my leaders there, my authorities there, they took that as their responsibility to say, Ashleen's working hard. She's good at this. We are going to promote her. And then when I came here, I worked really hard. I did all these things. And then at some point my boss said like, well, you've never expressed any interest in moving forward, moving up in the organization. So I just didn't think you wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And so that can be a huge difference in, you have these expectations that you don't even realize. And you're Mm -hmm. trying, I was trying to be respectful to her and not ask for something that I hadn't earned yet. I thought I was working and earning it. Mm -hmm. And she just was waiting for me to ask. And so that can make a huge difference. um, Those kinds of expectations of authority. You may, I I don't know the exact number, but I know that that's a tendency females versus males. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Cause we've talked about that and actually we're talking about some women in leadership programming and uh-huh. I can't remember the exact statistic, but females, there are far, far less females who ask for a raise or a position than males. Yeah. And a lot more females think my work will speak for itself. Right. But in the workplace, when you have someone else who's saying, Hey, I would love to do this. Right. Then oftentimes those people who don't raise their hand and verbalize that might get skipped over. That makes sense. So we'll go look up that statistic at some point. <laughs> I know it's far, far more men. Yeah, I believe that. Most I women tend, about it, but. yeah, most women tend to do similar to what you said. I'm going to work really hard, and they'll recognize me, and yeah. they'll see this. And, and if that, there's no spot for me, they'll yeah. move me up. Yeah. Yep. That's a whole nother podcast. A whole other thing, <laughs> as usual. Uh, one other cultural piece that we wanted to touch on, and and actually, Ash already mentioned this, like respecting your elders. I know my little brother, he spent some time in Paraguay and you know certain Latin American cultures. You, you take care of your parents. They live with you. You respect your elders. They eat first, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I also think about the Asia culture, and I'll never forget when I got to meet one of our first, one of our big customers from Thailand. Uh, it was we as a company, those of us from Alenco would ask a question. The highest ranked person from that company was always expected to speak first. And mm. if they didn't, they would then look at those other people on their team and basically give them permission to speak. But yeah. no one would speak up until the highest ranked person had a chance to either speak or look at them and give that verbal, that verbal, nonverbal sign um, that it was their opportunity to answer the question. Yeah. There are so many fascinating cultures and cultural expectations surrounding authority. I just, yeah, it's fascinating. It is. Let's, let's write a book about this. Yeah. Oh my (laughs) gosh. So many, I don't so want many to do rabbit the research. trails. I just want to take everyone else's research and write a book. Let's just go around the globe and we can travel and yes. research it. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like fun. Interview leaders. Yes. If you'd like to sponsor us, <laughs> please we do. could use that. Delta? Anyone? <laughs> Delta Southwest. Uh, which airline has the least amount of delays right yeah. now? <laughs> 
Okay, we've got a couple more here. So we just mentioned being aware. There's a lot under that, being aware of the rules, the law, the cultural differences, the distance you might feel from power and why. Next, listen. Listen carefully. There's nothing, this is almost basic, nothing more disrespectful than not listening. And especially whether you're in a meeting with your manager or uh, you have uh, a really important announcement from a government official, like, listen, be aware, and that's going to help you show respect. Yeah. I think it is important, again, to say that certain people have different personalities Mm. and tend to interrupt more. Um, And learning who is not well interrupted. I am not well interrupted. If you interrupt me, it feels disrespectful, but it also, I lose my train of thought. Like I get completely derailed because I'm not a verbal processor. And so you interrupt my flow of of words and I'm like, wait, I have no idea what it was saying. Not a clue. (laughs) And so knowing that there are people that it's like that your listening skills can adapt to different personalities. Mm -hmm. And some people it's okay to kind of talk over them or interrupt them and and they're not offended by that or thrown off by that. And then other people it's not. And so just keep that in mind. Yeah, that's very important. Next one, use your manners. I think about getting pulled over by a cop Mm. and instead of being like, why the, did you pull me over? (laughs) Like, hello officer. And I think this goes both ways actually. Like if you, respect the people below you. It says much more about you. There's actually a Harry Potter quote about that, that I can't come up with at the moment, but it has to do with like how, how someone treats his inferiors is much more telling than how he treats his equals. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think about like treating the waiters at the restaurants and Mm -hmm. things like that. If you are disrespectful to them because they are serving you because they are working for you, it says a lot about you and, your character. Yes. The first first people I thought of are the janitors, the cleaning crew. Yeah. Uh, I have seen people in the office treat them like they're invisible. Yeah. And then you see other people who know their name. And that, yes, that makes a huge difference. So we just said, use your manners. Hopefully your parents taught you manners. You know the Hopefully. basics. Hopefully. Uh, next is apologize when appropriate. Once again, this is something with any one-on-one interaction. Hopefully, yeah. you know, if you do do a wrong, do something you shouldn't have, apologize. We've recognized we're all humans. You're going to you're going to do something the wrong way or you're going to fail or you're going to break the law and get pulled over for speeding instead of going 15 over, you're going 25 over on 465. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and so apologize. It's totally fine. It it shows humility and it also shows that you respect okay I did not adhere to this law, this regulation, this SOP. Yep. Um, so that that shows that you are recognizing that and that hopefully you're going to try to do a better job next time. Yeah. Two more. Don't take it personal. This, this is a way for us. I've long term, right? Like let's talk about, let's talk about government. You have given your opinion, you have voted and you there, there's someone who's now a government official and maybe they don't stand on the same opinion uh, when it comes to, gosh, I'm trying to think of something that's not too controversial. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that popped in my mind is abortion or whatnot. Yeah. Like, and I think it's just recognizing this is not that person trying to get at you. This is not that person trying to hurt you. 
This is once again, this is that person trying to take the collective input and ask what is, what is best for the situation. I'll come up. This is a much better example than talking about abortion. You're like, what Becky? <laughs> That's come back there. Becky. <laughs> uh, I, I think about organizations Yeah, and I know that my company cares about me, but I also know at the end of the day, I am a number. And if collectively it is helpful for that company to cut my position because of budgets and shift those resources elsewhere, I can't take that personal because in that ecosystem, that is what is going to allow that company to stay alive potentially. And, and so those decisions and authority has to make, once again, they have to make tough decisions, right? tough decisions based on what they believe based on the data they have is the best thing for the collective group. Hopefully, hopefully. Right. Yeah. Good leaders out there. Yes. And so try not to take it personal. If it's not something you agree with or you like, or maybe it personally, you know, hurts, hurts you, whether that's income or your beliefs. Yeah. When I was on vacation with my family this summer, uh, we were going to go to a water park and we did go to a water park, but we were reading all the rules ahead of time and my family, for whatever reason, they were just getting all upset about like, this is ridiculous. Like they have this rule about you can't, I can't even remember what the rules were, but they did seem a little absurd, but it did almost feel personal of like, what? Come on. I want to bring a water bottle in. This is ridiculous. And, but I had to remember, yeah, this is about their livelihood. This is, they've probably had problems with all of these things. Mm -hmm. And that then makes me think of, uh, like, I don't know if you've ever noticed all of the things on school buses that will, will t- remind you to stop or to stay away. So, mm-hmm. like, there's the flashing lights, there's the stop sign that comes out on the side, there's the thing on the front that, you know, makes oh, sure the arm. kids, the arm, yeah, yep. make sure the kids don't walk too close to the bus or whatever. And someone, I don't, I have no idea who said this, but someone at some point said, like, everything that's on there is on there because some kid got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then they added on a thing to keep it from happening again. Yeah, And that's something that I have to remember as I encounter rules that feel ridiculous. No running in the pool area. Well, clearly I'm going to be fine if I run <laughs> in the pool area, you know, like, yep. but it's not necessarily about me. And I think that's a huge thing. That's really hard for us as, especially as Americans and especially those of us who are white Americans and are used to having privilege and free reign. Mm-hmm. And I think, that's something that can be really challenging is not all of these rules are about me, but I still need to adhere to them. And it's not personal. Yeah. It's not about me. Yep. Water park, much better example. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Not a better example. We went, we went from really <laughs> controversial, <laughs> painful losing your job to water park. Yep. Mm-hmm. All great, great different <laughs> lines to different types of authority. We have one last one. Yep. Use empathy with authority figures. And mm-hmm. this probably helps you not take it personal. Mm-hmm. If And it's thinking like, put yourself in their shoes. They have most authority figures. They are taking the responsibility of hard decisions and using empathy, giving them grace, understanding that, okay. And I even think about timeliness. Mm-hmm. I hear people are like, man, why haven't they made a decision yet? Right. Let's put ourselves in their shoes. Yeah. They are getting opinions from 6,000 employees or from uh, 2,000 tourists at this water park every weekend. They're getting all these opinions. It's going to take time. And when they make a decision, they want to stick with it. Yep. And so using empathy, putting yourself in their shoes, 
And I also want to call out, even as we put ourselves in quote unquote, the authority shoes, there's still no way of knowing holistically everything they're dealing with. Absolutely. And so you can do, so don't put yourself in their shoes and be like, well, I would have done this by now. Yeah. Like you, you, pro, you can try to think what is it like, but I'm going to tell you right now, there are probably other factors that go even beyond what we can think because we just haven't w- truly walked a day in those shoes. Right. And you might, they might've tried something already in the past mm-hmm. and it didn't work. And you don't know that cause you weren't there for that or something. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a large part of, yeah, not taking it personally is understanding that they are humans mm. and they make mistakes and it's not about you yeah. unless it is specifically about you. And someone <laughs> is like, I am making this rule specifically to keep Becky from having fun. And then that's just, Aww. that's rude. I'll try not to take it personal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Those are our quick tips to respecting authority. Uh, you've learned about different types of authority here. Yes. We've talked about good and bad examples of authority And we've also talked about why is it beneficial? How can you respect authority? As you go home tonight, think, is there a piece of authority, person or group I could better respect? A piece of authority. I'm going to respect this little piece. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Where where potentially could you be more respectful of authority? For me, I think one big thing for me is putting myself in the shoes. And I think specifically of higher up leaders in the organization I work and just understanding why it takes so long sometimes to make hard decisions. I'm like, why can't we approve this? Yeah. Why can't I move yet? I am someone who likes to move quickly and just understanding, okay, I need to be empathetic. They have a lot they're dealing with. Yeah, This is probably not their top priority right now. And for me personally, that is one of my big takeaways of where I can improve. Yeah. And I think I need to think through the kind of the reverse, my expectations of authority of what I'm expecting them to do for me and mm-hmm. what I need to do for myself. Yep. So that's inter- interesting. Something we didn't talk about is your relationship to authority, like your, how it changes. Cause I was, <laughs> I was thinking about, uh, how you always say you talk during, you know, things at the gym, like when Tristan's talking, you, oh, yes. will, you will be talking, you don't do the warm up, th- those kinds of things. And I think your relationship to the person who is in authority mm-hmm. can affect everything. And that's something that's kind of a side thing of like how we treat the people who are in authority above us. Mm-hmm. I would love to talk sometime about leading your friends or leading yes. like being led by your friends. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. That if I were to say the number one leadership challenge managers come to me with is they are now managing a team where they were once a peer yep. on that team. Yes. Maybe friends, Maybe, but, yeah. but they are Maybe seen friends. as a peer yep. group. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to put a pin in that. Yep. And we'll come back to that another time. First, having so much fun talking about authority. (laughs) Thanks for joining us in this series all about respect. Join us next week for some more, some more fun chat, (laughs) rabbit trails, all of the above. All of the above. All the stories. All all the the fun. Okay. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.